and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show. That is at HEFPod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash HEFPod is where you can find all the latest news and information on the Eintracht in the English language all in one convenient location. Don't need to use Google search and all sorts of Google translates for any of that stuff all in one spot. And, of course, you can drop us an email from time to time. That is HeyEintrachtFrankfurt at gmail.com. So, as per the the... Typical weekly podcast that we do, covering the Eintracht in the pre, uh, post-match, then pre-match for the next, and all the news and information. I did tease up that we would have a special guest to talk about Eintracht versus Bielefeld. Uh, Bielefeld, a team that did survive the Bundesliga, uh, much against the odds uh, makers. And so, back for her second appearance on our podcast is Eva Lotobola, uh, uh, Bielefeld fan and co-host of the Zweite Bundesliga podcast. Eva, lovely to have you back on. Yeah, I'm just very glad I have the opportunity to be back on because obviously, as you've mentioned, uh, it meant that we stayed in the league, which, um, as you've mentioned as well, was a huge win and obviously wasn't really expected from a lot of people. I think most Bielefeld fans didn't really expect it. They We had hope, um, but as uh, we... So we say Ostwestfalen um, are rather pessimistic than optimistic, or as we call ourselves, realistic. And um, so in the end, obviously, um, probably even if Borussia Dortmund or any other club would have uh, won the league, still wouldn't have been much of a surprise then that we'd have been staying in the league. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, when, uh, when a club is on the smallest wage budget, of any team in the Bundesliga, and they happen to stay up. That's quite an occasion indeed. So uh, we're kind of two matches into the season. Uh, one match already being played at Bielefeld, uh, match day one, a nil-nil draw with Freiburg. Just out of curiosity, how did you feel that first match day? Because uh, if people, for people that follow you on uh, social media, social media, especially Twitter, uh, they would find that you uh, you were at that match, and uh, I can only imagine the emotions that were running through your uh, through you at the time. Yeah, obviously it still wasn't the same because, especially in the stands, uh, you're used to. <laughs> much crowded space um having the the fan scene there obviously there or at least i don't know how it is in frankfurt but at least in bielefeld uh they're not really coming until you have more or less 100 capacity back in the stadium uh which is kind of understandable you i i at least believe because um yeah that just the whole vibe kind of comes from that unity you can criticize it like it whatever but um yeah, I think there are pro and cons for for the scene not to be there. So obviously it was a bit different, um, a lot of space here and there, which is obviously still necessary due to COVID. Um, the the funny thing is, one week before I was in Bayreuth uh, for the Pokal match, and um, already their emotions were kicking in. So I think it was a, a, a weaker version of what would have happened if this would be actually my would have been my first game back with fans but still obviously um 
finally listening to the to the hymn back in the stadium to the anthem in in the stadium it's it's so different um I have to say I needed to really get into that again it was not I was not used to not seeing a scene again or something like that it's it's really crazy what you're getting used to um after one and a half years of football only in front of a screen so yeah I mean and in the end it, it would have been better if we won the game obviously uh, it's what you wish for but um compared to the game last uh, last week and um no no draw was was okay um Stefan Antigua once again creating goals so I think all in all that was that was okay result um but yeah it was just great to be back in the stadium obviously I can only, only imagine, considering the fact that I've been a little bit overprivileged when it comes to uh, my own local side, as I'm in the United States of America, my local side does have full capacity for its stadia uh, for going to matches. And that's been kind of a weird experience uh, with the whole masking, no masking thing. But I'm getting a little bit into the weeds. You mentioned one player in particular that I think was the key to Bielefeld staying up is Stefan Ortega. Now, he's got only got a year left on his contract, but I think Bayern, if last memory is like totally evading me, I think Bayern has been sniffing around him. And the question is, with just about a week left to go in the transfer window, um, this guy who was, to me, like the key component to the survival, like he was, to me, the best keeper in the entire Bundesliga just sheerly on the fact that he was being barraged each and every single match, it felt like, and he did his did more than his level best to kind of stand on his own. Um, I'm surprised no one uh, has come knocking on your guys' door to uh, to pick up this this guy. Well, I mean, there have been intre- clubs that have been interested. I think Atletico Madrid was interested, but there he would have been the second-choice keeper, similar to Bayern, and um, I think Ortega wants to play, which is completely understandable. I mean, um, I'm I'm at that stage where I say I can understand if he wants to leave because I definitely think he can uh, play international football. Um, he, he's very, very, an, a very, very intelligent kind of goalkeeper. Um, he's good on the line, but also, I mean, in the last two, match, uh, two games, um, he play he had the most touches of all Armenia players so he's a very important factor of the team um but I do understand that he didn't want to be second uh goalkeeper after even if it's Mano Neuer um because he probably thought well I mean Mano Neuer will play most of the matches you could see it now on the weekend um, there have been talks that he was injured and Ulreich should have played, but then Neuer played last minute. Um, so and there will be always probably um, situations like that. And and for someone like Ortega, who has been like on the short list for the uh, national team, he needs time to play, and um, that's then it's understandable. Um, I do think he will stay for that last year. I mean, I would love to see him. Um, after that here as well, but I'm I'm quite sure he's going to stay here for the for the rest of the season, um, especially because he um, he his uh, girlfriend just um, or he and his girlfriend just got a baby and um, yeah just changing 
places at this stage isn't isn't really the easiest thing to do either. So yeah, I think um, he will stay here for another year or at least to f- to fulfill his contract. But yeah, I, I would agree he has been absolutely vital for Armenia in goalkeeping. I mean, there has been, if you just Google highlights of Stefan Ortega, you will find extraordinary situations. Um, he has been brilliant against Freiburg again. So yeah, he he's he's really been developing um, here, but at this time at 80-60 as well. Um, so yeah, heads up to him. One player who I noticed uh, had made the move, uh, Okugawa, uh, made his loan permanent, uh, and he was, you know, a key component to uh, the attack when it came to uh, Bielefeld. And, you know, everyone knows about uh, co-captain Fabian Klaus, but Alessandro Schopf is another uh, pickup you guys have had uh, this offseason coming from Schalke, uh, where he had a, well, rough go of it i think would be an understatement in this previous stop um what are some other players that uh have joined bielefeld who are making key contributions into uh making your second season you know into a third season so obviously we still know that Armenia hasn't a lot of money to spend, but um, in my opinion, Samia Ravi did, uh, did a great job in distributing the money we have to buy new players. Um, the most expensive one was probably Guillaume Ramos from, um, I think it's second division Portuguese side. Um, he's a centre-back. Right now, he's not really playing because with Piba and Nielsen, um, you you have a duo that knows each other very well from the Spider Bundesliga um, and obviously from last season, although Van der Horn was in the mix there from time to time as well. Uh, he's off to, um, to, to the Netherlands again. Um, well, and then we have a couple of uh, Zweite Bundesliga players, um, German Zweite Bundesliga players, Yanni uh, Serra from Holstein Kiel on a free transfer. Um, that was like clear for half a year now. I really like him. Liked him at Kiel. Um, he's kind of supposed to be the successor for Fabian Klose. And the first two games, Klose was still on the pitch. So we will see how that will go on or like... Um, towards the the middle of the season kind of uh, then you have Florian Krüger from uh, Erzgebirge Aue he's around like cost around like 1 million still kind of cheap I know that a lot of our fans weren't really happy with that move um, <laughs> Robin Huck someone to look out for he didn't have the best season at Nuremberg but he was injured from time to time and obviously um Sometimes you you have clubs where you say, similar to Schalke, for example, um, when your whole club isn't really at their best, sometimes it's difficult for, for good players to be at their best. Um, but Robin Haki already showed um, in the first two games what he could do. So I expect him to play on the weekend because Alisson Lushev is out because of his um, double yellow on the weekend against Fürth. Um, then you have Patrick Wimmer, I think from from an Austrian club. Um, really like him as well. And uh, Brian Lassme, probably one that um, yeah kind of got 
the attention um, in in the Pokal game because he scored a brace. Uh, he's a very tall fella. Um, plays together with close in the last two games uh, because obviously they play lo- with the long balls, and then it's better to have tall people at at front. So yeah, that's a couple of players that they signed. Uh, new signing on loan is Leonard Chubora from uh, Genoa. Before that, he was at uh, Atlanta Bergamo. Um, he's a left back be- be- because uh, after Anderson Lukoki left for Mainz 05, we didn't really have a second left back. And um, although Jakob Larsen, but uh, Jakob Bennett Larsen improved, um, he's still not the most solid player on the left side. Um, he does good work going forward, but um, yeah, he's defending from time to time. He's just not um, fast enough in going back. So um, Anshubora is is good friends with Florian Krüger, so he already has a has a mate here, and uh, I think that can really help in integrating quickly. Not sure though if he will play on the weekend, but he can definitely be an important factor going forward. Uh, on the front row, you guys were able to uh, after you made the switch from New House. Uh, I know how you kind of. Really felt bad that No House wasn't able to be given the entire season, but under Kramer, uh, the results ended up being enough to continue in the Bundesliga. Now you guys have been playing with what I don't know if that was kind of a midfield diamond uh, under with un, in these first couple matches with Kramer for the season. What sort of tactical innovations has he brought on for this season as compared to last season? Well, it's a bit difficult because um, we haven't really seen that much of new innovations, I think, uh, because most of all, he he used the same players um, he used last season. As mentioned, I do think there will be some change if uh, players like Kruger and Huck and Wimmer are coming in. Um, He did, um, like in, in, in... in the summer camp, he he tried to, or, or well, he implemented the a three five two. Uh, I know that we kind of tried it with a with a with five in the back last season and annoyance against, but only once against uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, safe to say that went horribly. Uh, but I think with the players we get now, it can be different, and it's very important that you have. Like different tactics, different formations to play in this Bundesliga side because otherwise you, yeah, just too too easy to figure out. I think um, I have to say you can really see much of what can happen with a team because uh, that's one thing that Kama has been criticised for for the first two matches. Uh, he substituted very, very late, and you can't really see a lot in 10 minutes formation-wise. When Huck and, and Kruger were on against Freiburg, neither. When you're one man down against Fürth, uh, that game was weird in, in every way anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm, I do kind of look forward to the weekend because it's clear to me that Kama has to change Um tactics in some way because it, it can't really be the only real plan to just play a long ball forward and hoping that Klaus and Lasme will do the rest because now you have the squad actually you have the depth in the in the squad to do something else um 
so yeah, I'm actually interested to see when a th- 352 will happen. Uh, but yeah, in the in the first two games, we've basically seen seen the diamond um, formation as you've mentioned, um, because yeah, most of the squad stay the same for this match. The only new player was probably. Um, then Lasme up front and Chep in, in the middle, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are you thinking uh, versus Eintracht? How are you guys going to roll out, especially since Schultz had been playing out on the left? Uh, well, uh, double yellow, uh, sending off against Greuther Firth means that he will miss our, the match against Eintracht. Um, what are you expecting to, roll, to happen uh, between Bielefeld and Eintracht? Especially when you have over 10,000 Bielefelders in the Stadion Alm? Yeah, we hope so, because at the moment, um, I don't think the stadium will actually be sold out, um, because, um, hey, COVID is still happening. And at the moment, um, the numbers here are really going up. Um, But uh, football-wise, as mentioned before, I do think Robin Huck will play on the weekend. do you think he's ready for his uh, debut from from the beginning on for his lineup debut? Um, I don't really know if he will change something up front. That maybe Lasme or Enclos will both sit on the bench. But at the on the other hand, I do think it's a bit too risky to change the complete lineup from the week before. Um, maybe sends the wrong signals as well. But I do think that that players like Huck, they he really wants to perform well. So maybe he can put Shep in a kind of second place behind him. Then it was and not vice versa. Um, I do think, I, I do hope that Bielefeld, especially in front of their own fans, want to play more of um, attacking football because that has been missing on the weekend very, very much. Um, nor any sort of tactics was visible there. Um, create more chances up front um, against the Frankfurt side that still has to find itself without an Andre Silva up front, for example. Um, so that is something that Bielefeld can probably use. Um, but yeah, there's no easy game in the Bundesliga, as Fabian Klose said. So we really have to see. Um, I think if they kind of take the Freiburg game as as a basis, um, there's definitely a point in there, and it should be a point in there because, um, as mentioned, you, you need to use games against clubs that are way higher positioned than you are, um, and getting points there before it's too late. Can totally agree with you on that bit. So uh, that's gonna wrap it up. Right before we let Ava go off into the sunset, uh, Ava, need your prediction for this match. How's it gonna turn out? Difficult, difficult. Um, <laughs> I'm because I'm still not really convinced uh, we're going to win that game because Frankfurt still has quality. Um. In the squad, I'm going to I'm going for one or draw. Gosh, pick my sandwich. That's exactly what we had on <laughs> the full podcast, though. With the signing of Venetius, I might be changing that prediction. Depends on if he will be ready uh, for that match. So 
lovely to have you on again eva where can we find uh your work in the social media landscape of the world so on uh, twitter you can find me at eva underscore bowler which is b-o-h-l-e um you can of course follow um our podcast Twitter account, which is at two Bundesliga pot. Um, we've just released a new episode this morning. And um, yeah, so I write for films from time to time, but that's in German. So um, <laughs> yeah, otherwise um, not really kind of writing active anywhere else than on Twitter. So go check out my Twitter page, kind of. Yeah. And yeah, please excuse me if there will be any rents. Although... Um, I will be at the match, so the opportunities aren't really there to write too much because a internet in in German stadiums is still not very good, which is probably good for my Twitter account and for everyone else. Yeah, and also you know draining of cell phone batteries would also be a pain in the butt as it tries so desperately to send out those live match tweets. Eva, it's been lovely having you back on. You take care in the meantime. Frankfurt, la 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 la. Hey, Frankfurt, la 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 la.